Hello, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Dorney's Vinyl. If you're new to this podcast, I really want to thank you guys so much for, for tuning into this week's episode. This is a weekly podcast. I'm in season four. Every other week is an album podcast, like today. And uh, the other weeks in between are, are extra podcast EPs, I call them, in which half of them are games featuring my wife. The other ones are kind of little tidbits, informational things that I do, uh, looking at billboard charts from from past in history and uh, other things like that, movie reviews, concert reviews. Today's episode, so something that I started in season four was one of the albums that I wanted to do was a double album, because double albums, one, they take a lot of time because it's a lot of, it's twice as many songs, so twice as many things to go through. So um, the thing with double albums, too is there's only like a handful of, of really popular ones. So I figured one one a podcast season would would make it make it pretty interesting. This week's or this this season's double album is Fleetwood Mac's Tusk. So what I'll do for this podcast is I'll go through a little bit about Fleetwood Mac, a little bit about Tusk, personnel on the album and then go through a track listing. So, Fleetwood Mac, so they formed in London in 1967. Their founding members were Peter Green, Mick Fleetwood, and Jeremy Spencer, but their most popular lineup is Fleetwood, John McVie, Christine McVie, Lindsey Buckingham, and Stevie Nicks. They were active from 1967 to 1995, and then 1997 to present. They have sold more than 120 million records worldwide been nominated for six Grammy Awards with one win, and they received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1979 with a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in 1998. They have released 18 studio albums and 62 singles. Of their 18 albums, they in the U.S., they had eight top 40s, six top 10s, and three number ones. And on the U.K. albums chart, they had 11 top 40s, nine top 10s, and four number ones. In the U.S. Hot 100, they had 18 top 40 hits, 9 top 10s, and 1 number 1. And on the U.K. singles chart, 16 top 40s, 9 top 10s, and 1 number 1. So, getting into Tusk then. So, Tusk is the 12th studio album released by Fleetwood Mac. Following the success of their hit album, Rumors, in which, in season 1, I did a podcast about, Lindsey Buckingham was adamant to create an album that sounded nothing like it. He said, quote, For me, being sort of the culprit behind that particular album, it was done in a way to undermine just sort of following the formula of doing Rumors 2 and Rumors 3, which is kind of the business model Warner Brothers would have liked us to follow, end quote. Mick Fleetwood decided early on that Tusk would be a double album. He also wanted to buy a new studio to record the album in. However, he was rejected by Warner Brothers, so the band used their own royalties to build their own. Production cost for the album reached over a million dollars, mostly due to Buckingham. Though about him, producer Ken Calliat said, quote, He was a maniac. The first day, I set the studio up as usual. Then he said, Turn every knob 180 degrees from where it is now and see what happens. He'd tape microphones to the studio floor and get into a sort of push-up position to sing, Early on, he came in and he'd freaked out in the shower and cut off all his hair with nail scissors. He was stressed, end quote. 
And after 10 months in the studio, the album was released on October 12, 1979, and it peaked at number 4 in the US and number 1 in the UK. Reviews of the album, surprisingly, were pretty positive. Robert Criscow gave it a B+, writing, quote, The passionate dissociation of the mix is entirely appropriate to an ensemble in which the three principals have all but disappeared vocally from each other's work, end quote. Stephen Thomas Erlewine of AllMusic gave it 5 out of 5 stars, writing retrospectively, quote, This is the ultimate cocaine album. It's mellow for long stretches and then bursts wide open in manic, frantic explosions, end quote. And some other reviews of the album include Rolling Stone magazine give it, giving it 4.5 out of 5 stars, Record Collector magazine rating it 4 out of 5 stars, and Entertainment Weekly giving it a B+. The album would sell 4 million records worldwide. However, Warner Brothers considered the album a failure due to the high price tag. However, and also the album would go on to be listed number 445 on New Musical Express's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. But now the personnel on the album. So Fleetwood Mac consists of Lindsey Buckingham, who did vocals, guitar, bass guitar, keyboards, drums, and percussion. Stevie Nicks on vocals. Christine McVie on vocals, keyboards, piano, and organ, John McVie on bass guitar, and Mick Fleetwood on drums and percussion. And additional musicians on the album include Peter Green on guitar on track 13, the USC Trojan Marching Band on horns and percussion on track 19. And the album was produced by Fleetwood Mac, Richard Daschet, and Ken Callett. So now getting into the track listing for the album. So track 1 is Over and Over which was written by Christine McVie, with lead vocals by McVie. Track 2 is The Ledge, which was written by Lindsay Buckingham, with lead vocals by Buckingham. Track 3 is Think About Me, which was written by McVie, with lead vocals by McVie and Buckingham. It was released as the fourth single off the album, peaking at number 20 in the U.S. And Ed Harrison of Billboard magazine called the song, quote, a more rocking, guitar-punctuated tune, backed with superb harmonies, end quote. Track 4 is Save Me a Place, which was written by Buckingham and lead vocals by Buckingham. Track 5 is Sarah, which was written by Stevie Nicks with lead vocals by Nicks. It was released as the second single off the album, peaking at number 7 in the US and number 37 in the UK. In a 1990 interview, Nicks said that she wrote the song about her good friend Sarah, who Mick Fleetwood was romantically interested in, which ended Fleetwood's and Nicks' affair. Fleetwood agreed that the song was about the friend in the affair, saying, quote, I remember the time when Stevie was writing the song, up at her old house at Doheny. Stevie and Sarah would be working, and they'd hear me coming up the drive in my throaty red Ferrari. That's me in the lyric. In 1980, Nix was sued for plagiarism by a songwriter who had submitted a song with the same title to the record company. However, Nix was able to prove that her demo came first, and the case was dropped. Track 6 is What Makes You Think You're the One, which was written by Buckingham and lead vocals by Buckingham. Track 7 is Storms, which was written by Nix and lead vocals by Nix. Track 8 is That's All for Everyone, which was written by Buckingham with lead vocals by Buckingham. Track 9, Not That Funny, again, written by Buckingham with lead vocals by Buckingham. And Lindsay insisted on recording the vocals in a replica of his own personal bathroom, which was created in the studio, as well as him being in the push-up position as mentioned earlier. 
Track 10 is Sisters of the Moon, which was written by Nyx and lead vocals by Nyx, and was released as the fourth single off the album, peaking at number 86 in the U.S. The first side of the first track of disc two, track 11, is Angel, which was also written by Nyx with lead vocals by Nyx. Track 12 is That's Enough For Me, written by Buckingham, lead vocals by Buckingham. Track 13 is Brown Eyes, which was written by McVie, lead vocals by McVie. So the original on this track, original Fleetwood Mac guitarist Peter Green took part in the sessions for the song, and Mick Fleetwood overdubbed the guitar on the fade-out. However, Buckingham doesn't remember this taking place, saying, quote, I don't remember Peter Green coming in, so I don't think I made any judgment on whether to use his part or not. Mick would ultimately have had the decision to use his playing or not, and it was Christine's song to do with as she wished, end quote. Track 14, Never Make Me Cry, was written by McVie and lead vocals by McVie. Track 15, I Know I'm Not Wrong, was written by Buckingham, lead vocals by Buckingham. So, while Mick, while Fleetwood is the main drummer for the song, Buckingham recorded another drum part on Kleenex boxes. He was trying to create a new sound, saying, quote, I've often looked for alternatives for the function of things such as the snare and hi-hat, anything that would get away from the norm, end quote. About the song, Fleetwood Mac biographer Kath Carroll wrote, quote, A silly little synth riff toward the end puts an odd-sounding date stamp on the piece and is, in its perky way, the most jarring element of, on the album. This song is another piece of brilliant concision with a half-stated simple three-note chorus, end quote. Track 16 is Honey High, which was written by McVie and lead vocals by McVie. Track 17, Beautiful Child, written and lead vocals by Stevie Nicks. Track 18 is Walk a Thin Line, written and lead vocals by Lindsey Buckingham. And Buckingham on this song was inspired by Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts' drum fill on their song Sway. And Rolling Stone magazine praised the use of multi-layered backing vocals on this one to create the use of strings, or the sound of strings. Track 19, then, is Tusk, the title song, which was written by Buckingham and lead vocals by Buckingham. It was released as the lead single off the album, peaking at number 8 in the U.S. and number 6 in the U.K. The song was created around a rehearsal riff that Buckingham would use for sound checks. Fleetwood experimented with different percussion sounds, saying, quote, I'm playing floor toms, and I overdubbed a lot of American Indian wood tribal drums. It's a whole hodgepodge of Kleenex boxes, drums, weird stuff, slapping of lamb chops and things. I got a big leg of lamb in there somewhere. I'm hitting it with a spatula, end quote. And Fleetwood also suggested using the USC marching band to play on the song. A mobile recording studio was installed in Dodger Stadium, and recording for the song took place on June 4, 1979. Because the marching band had 112 members, their contributions helped the song set the record for the highest number of musicians performing on a single. And Billboard magazine described the song as, quote, an eerie combination of vocals and a heavy percussion track, end quote. And track 20 is Never Forget, which was written by McVie with lead vocals by McVie. So that concludes the informational portion of this podcast. I'm going to take a short little intermission here, and when I come back, I will give you guys my song rankings, my album scores. So stay tuned for that. 
Alrighty, I'm back after that short intermission, and I'll get into my song rankings, my album score. So if you are not familiar, so I will go through my song rankings since there's 20 songs on this album. I'll go 20, 19, 18, all the way down to number one, and then I'll go into my album score. So when I get to that, I'll explain that. So at song number 20, I have Never Make Me Cry. So, uh, and, and I say again... I say again, however, what I really mean is, you know, because I listened to it song one to song 20, you know, I, I, again, I'm hearing the same eccentric guitar player for on, on this song, Lindsay. Christine and Lindsay really aren't the most profound lyricists, as I've noticed. It's a very soft and calm guitar, and my favorite lyrics on this song were, I may not mean everything, but I'm happy to have your love, so don't worry, baby, I'll be all right. At number 19, I have That's All For Everyone. So Lindsay just goes straight into his vocals for his songs. Again, his song has like a fake speed change to it. Quite frankly, this song was slightly annoying. It's really just him saying pretty much the same phrase for three straight minutes. And there's really not even much to it instrumentally. And I couldn't even say that I had a favorite lyric on this song. At number 18, I have Not That Funny, surprisingly. the So I... I noticed on a lot of his songs, he's got this, like, rubber band guitar sound, like, sound to it. Like, you know how, I don't know, maybe maybe this is just me. You used to be able to make, like, a, t- a, a guitar out of three rubber bands, a tissue box, and a toilet paper roll. That's what it sounds like. It's kind of funny, it, and I, I that was a pun there, because it's not that funny. It's kind of funny that you really don't hear Stevie or Christie's vocals on any of his songs. And I wonder if they're embarrassed. At least this song has like an interesting riff at the end. And then I said, never mind, it's kind of annoying and sounds buzzy. And my favorite lyrics for this one were, when you don't know what it is, but you can't get enough of it. At number 17, I have That's Enough For Me. I at least like the tempo of this song. I don't know why he needs to rush, though. Like, it sounds like all his songs are rushing. This is probably the best guitar riff that I've heard in his songs. And my favorite lyrics for this one were, every time you make me smile... It's the same old way it used to be, and that's enough for me. Number 16, another Lindsay song, I Have the Ledge. This one has a nice tempo to it, but his songs are just weird. Like, is that supposed to be a guitar that I'm hearing? Like, is that the rubber band guitar? His lyrics, quite frankly, are strange too. And again, like, it sounds like, like I said, the rubber rubber band guitar. That's what his songs sound like to me on this one. Maybe, maybe there was something wrong with my speakers. My favorite lyrics for this one, you can love me, baby, but you can't walk out. Someone ought to tell you what it's really all about. At number 15, I have what makes you think you're the one. I like the drum intro on this one. Again, Lindsay keeps his songs interesting. They all fit with each other, but they don't fit in with Christine and Stevie's. Mick definitely plays the drums well, but there's too much instrumental at the end of this song. My favorite lyrics for this one were... What makes you think you're the one who can laugh without crying? At number 14, I have Beautiful Child, the first song other than a Lindsey Buckingham song on our countdown. Uh, This is a very soft Stevie Nicks song. Um, I like kind of the high piano key riff that we have at the beginning of the song. Um, And, you know, I really like duets between Stevie and Lindsey. I wish they would have been able to get along and do more of them. And my favorite lyrics for this one, I'm not a child anymore, I'm tall enough. To reach for the stars, I'm old enough to love you from afar. At number 13, I have I Know I'm Not Wrong. 
So again, with Lindsay, why do all of his sounds songs sound the same? It's almost the same tempo every single song, almost the same rubber band guitar, and it's such short lyrics. At least for this one, though, I could tolerate the guitar, and it, it does have a nice ending riff to it. My favorite lyrics for this one, please be strong, I know I'm not wrong, here comes the nighttime looking for a little more. At number 12, I have Save Me a Place. So I, I, I really feel the first verse on his song that I'll get into because it's my favorite lyrics. Again, with the rubber band guitar. is and, and what I really thought for this one, like, was this one, like, supposed to be, like, an auditory illusion? Like, it sounded like it got faster throughout the song, but I really didn't think it did. I do kind of like his pluckier songs better, like, it, and, and this one kind of sounded strummed to me a little bit. But my favorite lyrics, like I pointed to earlier, don't know why I have to work, don't know why I can't play. At number 11... I have Honey High, so Christine really must not write like writing lyrics, like she does not really write too many lyrics. I like the blocky percussion so sound on this song, and this really might be the first song that I'm hearing all three of their vocals distinctly on the same song, like they really just split themselves up on this album. My favorite lyrics for this one, Lord it's good to talk to you, even sweeter than wine. Alright, getting into the top 10, at number 10. I have Brown Eyes, so finally a song that has some kind of build-up to it. It it really only had two verses, though. Like, it was just pretty much two little four-line verse, four verses. The percussion on this one is, is so simple, but it, it reeled me in. It's such a calming song. My favorite lyrics for this one are, And are you just another liar? Will you take me all the way, all the way? At number nine, I have Never Forget. So of all the Christine songs that they could have ended this album on, they chose the one that had a little bit of pace to it. This pretty much sounds like all of her, all of her songs on the album essentially sound all the same. Lindsay's vocal on this one, though, sounded a bit nasally to me. The song really just ends so abruptly for an ending song. And my favorite lyrics were, Come on, baby, let's take a stroll. You're feeling warm, so don't be cold. At number eight, I have Think About Me. Every guitar on this one, or every guitar sounds different so far on the album. I like how Christine makes full songs with barely any lyrics. Like I said, like she does not like writing lyrics, I guess. Lindsay always does good duets with Christine. I feel like Lindsay's just a really good duet artist. He just doesn't like to do them. There's a bit, obviously, with Stevie, but Christine, I feel like he should get along with. There's a bit of a conventional guitar riff deep in this song. My favorite lyrics for this one, All it took was a special look, and I felt I knew you before. At number 7, I have Angel. So I like the keyboards for this one, and, and the piano playing. It's a good one. I like that. Sometimes it just seems like Stevie's songs are pieced together oddly. Like, it's almost like they are just parts of, the, they're, they're just separate parts as opposed to, like, pieces of a whole. I don't know. Her, her, I will say her and Lindsay's voice complement each other so well, and it's a shame that they didn't get along. Every songwriter's songs sound different, so much different from each other. Like, you have Christine, you have Lindsay, and I feel like the Stevie is kind of like the somewhat the, the, the bridge between those two, but they're all very different. I love her vibrating scream that she does at the end of this song. Um, it's obviously her iconic thing, I feel like. 
And my favorite lyrics for this one, and to those that I love, like a ghost through a fog, like a charmed hour and a haunted song. Number six, another Stevie song, I have Sisters of the Moon. So I like the prominence of the beat on this one, and it's really has like just the mysterious of the guitar. Almost sounding like it's in the background just adds the mysterious of, of like the title of this song, Sisters of the Moon. It's that typical witchy Stevie Nicks song, going with Rhiannon, Dreams, Gold Dust Woman. It's that typical song. If Lindsay would do guitar riffs like this one on all of the songs, this album, quite frankly, could be incredible. Especially like the end guitar riff that he does on this song. My favorite lyrics for this one, Heavy persuasion, it was hard to breathe. She was dark at the top of the stairs, and she called to me. At number five, I have Walk a Thin Line. This is probably the most normal Lindsay song for me this far on the album. We're on track 18, and only took that far, I think. The guitar on this one is is pretty calming, and Fleetwood's drums are so simple, but he carries every song so well. Like, he doesn't need to be fancy to be noticed. My favorite lyrics for this one, I said, take your time, but no one was listening. I walk a thin line. At number four, I have Over and Over. I like the soft start that we get with Christine on the album. The bass for this one is definitely kicking me in the face. I actually almost had to turn my my sound down a little bit because the bass was just so there. The harmonies and background vocals on this one come in very well. The guitar for this is very smooth Definitely not trying to take away from the vocals at all. I like when the other vocalists do harmonies on each other's songs. I mean, you can't distinctly tell, like, oh, this is a Stevie harmony or a Lindsay harmony, but I like when they're on each other's songs. The instrumental at the end goes on a little too much for me, but I like how it gets louder before fading. And my favorite lyrics for this one were, Don't turn me away and don't let me down. What can I do to keep you around? At number three, I have Storms. Uh, so this song, it, it really sounds like a lullaby. I love Stevie's songs. I will say, like, Lindsay has to be extremely talented to go from playing his eccentric rubber band guitar stuff to being able to play so calmly on Stevie's songs. He really does well with the guitar on this song. Like, I, I he, do, he does so well. And my favorite lyrics for this one were, Every hour of fear I spend, my body tries to cry. Living through each empty night, a deadly calm inside. At number two, I have Sarah. I, I just feel like we should not have to wait five songs to hear Stevie. Like, why is she the last song on side A? I really like how raspily smooth her voice is. So that's, it's, it's, because so, like, I, I thought, I was about to put smoothly raspy, and I was like, well, she's not really smoothly raspy. Smoothly raspy would be like Bonnie Tyler. She's raspily smooth. I think it's funny how her song sounds mostly led by the piano and the bass. Like, there's some guitar, but not as much as the others, because it's not, obviously, Lindsay. Lindsay's songs are going to have guitar leads. The instrumentals on this one do a great job of lengthening this song. There's verses that are only a couple of words, and they feel so much longer. They used background harmony vocals as another instrument so well on this song. And my favorite lyrics were in the sea of love, where everyone would love to drown, but now it's gone. They say it doesn't matter anymore. And number one should not be a surprise, Tusk. Surprise, well, it might be a surprise because of how I've been talking about Lindsay's song, but this is this is Lindsay's best. 
Like might I I other than go your own way, his might be his best song written for for Fleetwood Mac. I love the start that you get with the drums. The vocals are a bit quiet, but then you hit that bass line after the fourth line of the song. That it, it, it almost just sounds like The Chain Part 2. Like, everyone comes together on this. And then the marching band comes in. It sounds so strange on a rock album, but it fits so well. Like their riff is so iconic that this, this part, this song, essentially gets played by bands at high school and college games, football games across the country. My favorite lyrics are, Don't say that you love me, just tell me that you want me. So that concludes the song rankings. Let me get into my album score. So explaining my album score, what I do is, uh, the first part is my Dorney score. So I take a score out of um, out of 10 for lyrics, vocals, and instrumentals. Lyrically, I gave this one a 7. They, It's, you know, some of, some of the songs, a lot of the songs were very much lacking. Lyrically, really only Stevie's songs, Sarah, Storms, and Sisters of the Moon. Vocally, I gave it an 8.5. Pointing to over and over, Angel, Walk a Thin Line. And instrumentally, I gave it a 9. Looking at Tusk, obviously, Sisters of the Moon, and Brown Eyes. Those scores will get multiplied by 2 when I go into my total score. But another score out of 10 is the US score. So because it was a number 4, peaked at number 4, it gets 8 points. UK score, it peaked at number 1, so it'll get 10 points. Singles, it can it'll score points based off of where their singles chart. It had a number 20, a number 7, and a number 8. The 7 and 8 each earn 3 points. The 20 earns 2 points, so it'll get a total of 8 out of 10 points. And album cover, it was a picture of a dog. Kind of weird, so I gave it a 7. That brings the total score for Fleetwood Mac's Tusk to an 82 out of 100, which is a very good score. Uh, it's very hard to get a perfect score. That's a very good score. They should be proud of it, not that they really need to care about what I have to say about their album. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. I'm glad you guys are hopefully enjoying this podcast. Next week, I got an EP coming up. It'll be about another game, so stay tuned for that. If you aren't already, please go follow me on Instagram at Dorney's Vinyl. I am currently in the midst of doing my voting for Seasons 4 podcast. Or Sorry, season, we're in Season 4. Season 5 album podcast so if you have an album that you want to hear and it and it's in my collection it might be getting voted for for a podcast so go follow me on instagram uh so so that you can vote for that and again thank you guys for listening and i'll talk to you guys next week